My beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord. In the late 90s, I was watching a video of, about Mount Sinai and the monks in Mount Sinai, St. Catherine's there. And I'll never forget the words of the bishop. They were vested in him for a liturgy. And uh, he, he was putting on the vestments and he was seven, saying, heavy are the vestments of a bishop and heavy are his responsibilities. Well, I wasn't a priest then, and I didn't know anything about vestments until I put this set on. Now I have a new appreciation for his words, heavy are the vestments. In our Latia hymn, we don't have Latia tonight because we're having divine liturgy attached to vespers, but we would have heard these words. The most pure spouse, the mother of the one in whom the Father is well pleased, she whom God has cho had chosen to become the dwelling place of his nature had been united without confusion. Today delivers her most pure soul to her divine creator. The angels welcome her in a divine manner, and the mother of life is now transferred to life. She is the lamp of inaccessible brightness, the hope of our souls, and the salvation of believers. As we read the prayers of this great feast, we find it's filled with one of just exuberant joy. By the second century, it was already understood of Mary's significance, of her honor, and of her worthy of veneration. We have some of the first prayers from that time period. And from that time on, the fathers that began to reflect on this just expanded and unpacked what was always believed about her. And what I really find fascinating is as you read, I've got a number of volumes of different homilies on this feast, is that while they all say yes, it's amazing, it's fabulous that our body did not undergo decay. But what's more fabulous is the fact that she was glorified and taken up into heaven as her son. And this is precisely where we find our hope for ourselves. St. John Damnesey, probably one of my favorite authors about her, would say that it was necessary that the one who carried the Creator as a child on her breast should be taken up into the tabernacle of heaven. It was necessary that the bride of the Father be taken up into the bridal chamber of heaven. It was necessary that the one who saw her son suffer and crucified on the cross as she suffered a sorrow from a sword piercing her own heart, should witness her son enthroned with her father in heaven, with her God in heaven. It was necessary, he would go on to say, that the mother of God should possess all things of her son, and that all creation should show her veneration and honor, because she is mother of God, mother and maiden of God. What beautiful words to say about this wonderful woman whose whole life was one of yes. One of complete giving 
oneself entirely to God. So consumed was she with the love of God that she was not distracted by worldly things. So consumed was she for the love of God that even though her son was suffering deeply, she did not lose perspective and trusted in her God. What do we do in light of this great feast when we see a woman who is so committed, so ultimately, utterly committed? We take a page from her book. Our soul should magnify the Lord as does hers. Our spirit should rejoice in God our Savior as does hers. If we do these things, and if we really trust, and this is where we're most weak at, but if we truly trust, then even during the most difficult times, during those crucifixions in our life, we will not lose hope. We will see in that that God will make good through it all. We see the fact that yes, it was necessary that the one who was a virgin even during childbirth and remained afterwards should not experience corruption and for that should be taken in the earth into heaven. But our glory also comes from the fact that she was taken up as the first fruits of the resurrection. She, it shows us that the flesh that our Lord had was human. He had her flesh. He had her blood. As the fathers would say, what was not assumed is not saved. What is assumed is saved. So because she fell asleep shows us that she was like us. She was human. And the son that was born of her was human. So you and I have salvation. And if we live our life so consumed as she was towards God, our rejoicing, unstoppable, flowing over, then we too shall be taken up with her son. This is the great feast of our salvation. It shows us where we're going. We could say, yes, our Lord did it, but he was also truly God, besides being truly man. But then we see the Virgin Mary, the most holy Theotokos, the God-bearer, also taking up and reigning with her son. And there is our hope. And because she possesses all things that her son has given her, she intercedes on the behalf of each and every one of us who seek her aid. So it's a feast of hope and a feast of joy. It's no wonder yesterday or this morning, because this morning was the pre-feast, we sang this in the Kentuckian. O peoples, dance with joy and clap your hands with fervor. Gather today in eagerness and jubilation and sing with glee. For the mother of God is about to rise in glory, going up from the earth into heaven. It is to her we always sing hymns of praise.
for she is the mother of God, and she is the mother of you and I, interceding always in our behalf. Let us live that life as she did. She gave us the example to follow, to turn ourselves wholly to God, that will give us, get us through the difficult times. And in the end, we too will be taken up, and she will be waiting for us. So let us live our lives as she did. Let our souls magnify the Lord, and let our spirits rejoice in God our Savior.